You know, Stu, I think the best thing you said on today's show was... Um, <laughs> that was... Yeah, and uh, the other point that Stu made that was so good was... Mm, wow. Wow. And you're going to hear a lot of that from Stu today. Uh, learn a lot about how this show works. Uh, today, uh, we kind of go over... Uh, what happened on Friday at the summit? People are still talking about it. It's changing the media. The mainstream media is really, truly over. Uh, and how did the candidates do? What did we learn? We knew the New York Times learned it's all about Jesus. Uh huh. And uh, Vladimir Putin. All the Jesus people love Vladimir Putin. So they really, I think they watched all of uh, none of it. Um, but you'll get all of it here on the Glenn Beck program. Also, it's a special day. Kind of hit me hard in the middle of the program. Uh, my son's going to college, and he left in the middle of the program. So kind of a, uh, an, uh, a bookend to anybody who is listening since the day we adopted Rafe. Special show brought to you by Jace Medical. <laughs> and I forgot, Stu, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and he said things like that, so it's really good. Uh, Jace Medical, right now, they have a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to a 12-month backup supply of your prescription medication in case of an emergency. Now, they already have the five most important antibiotics for emergency use that you can buy in the Jace case, and it's five antibiotics. By the way, they are... Uh, getting more and more rare antibiotics we're running into shortages please be prepared also Jace daily all of your cholesterol diabetes uh, heart health blood pressure mental health anything you take on a daily basis your order is going to be reviewed by a certified health professional and delivered right to your door so you have a full supply please don't get caught in a supply chain where your heart medicine or whatever it is, you don't have it for your sake, for your family's sake. Be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com. Use the promo code BECK at checkout and get a discount on your order. jacemedical.com, promo code BECK. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. So, Stu, I have to start with this because this is uh, something that is really heavy on my heart uh, and going to happen in the next hour. And um, uh, it's going to affect everything I do today because I'm a little scatterbrained because of this. My mouth is dry because of this. Do you remember the day Stu, do you remember the week of shows that uh happened in north north richland hills in uh texas just outside of dallas and they were my wife and i going down to this little town called north richland hills and this very very brave young girl i think she was 15 uh, who had found herself pregnant and uh, she wanted to have the baby, but she, she couldn't abort the baby and she didn't know how to give the child up. And that day when her mother found out she was pregnant, uh, 
she happened to be listening to this program and Tanya and I had been looking to adopt a child and what's amazing is uh, Tanya came on that day and we were talking about some reality show where you could adopt a child and I said would you ever be on that show she says no you don't adopt them through television game shows and uh, this woman who was in Texas she just laughed and thought I like that lady and then her daughter called her and said mom I couldn't face you. I had to stop at a payphone and call you and tell you that I'm pregnant. She said, come home. Now, I had had a dream about a year before, maybe two years before, when Tanya and I were trying to get pregnant. And uh, I never figured out how that worked. But anyway, I thought I knew, but she said, no, that's not the way we do it. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, about two years before, I said, I think we're supposed to adopt because in my prayer, I heard adopt because we were both. I said to her over and over again, I can't wait to see your eyes in a child. And, uh, in my prayers, I, th I thought I heard something along the lines of you ego maniac. It's not about you adopt. And so when I told Tanya, she said, no, I want to have a child. And uh, so I went back to prayer and I said, okay, it's her. It's not me. I'm, I'm on your side, God. She's crazy. And I heard in my prayers, when you are ready, when she is ready, a baby boy will rush to you. The week we talked about it on the air, is the week that that baby boy rushed to us. And I, has, I have been convinced that he was going to be a leader of men. And he was always against that. Because he grew up in my family. And he sees what happens to leaders in this country. And he sees how people treat leaders that they disagree with. And uh, ever since he was a little boy, I stopped saying it to him because he would say, no, 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 no. And he'd get very upset. I'm not going to be a leader. I'm not going to be a leader. Or, no, I, I'm not a leader of men. I don't want that. He wanted to be Aaron, not Moses. And uh, I said, well, we'll just see what God has in store. Fast forward three years ago, my son is picked up by a friend of his in the summer. And uh, when I say picked up, I mean literally picked up. His, his friend is a, a lineman and picked him up and said, I'm signing you up for football. And Rafe said, okay. Now, we have, you know me, <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm Mr. Sportscaster, and it would be hard for you to believe that I don't know anything at all about any sport. Uh, I mean, you know, I know probably, my dad played golf, so I know, you know, like if you get an eagle, that means an eagle picked up your ball on the fairway, fairway and dropped it into the little bucket thing there. 
you know, double eagle means it took two of them. Maybe they were tossing them back and forth with their claws. I don't know. But uh, my son tried out in Texas for football. And uh, the coach pulled him off the field at the tryouts and said, uh, Beck, come in. And he looked at him seriously and he said, have you ever even watched this game before? And Rafe honestly said, no, sir, I, I really, I know, I haven't. And he said, okay, and you want to play it? And he's like, well, yes, sir, I would, I'd like to try. So they kept him on the team kind of like, I don't know, kind of the mascot for a while. But he worked and worked and worked and worked and worked, and he became the head of special teams. And when I say special teams, let's not question that too much, Okay. Um, but, uh, he was, a, he was, uh, the head of special teams and they went all the way to the championship. They lost. And I told him, uh, before they played the game, son, if you do lose, please don't ever become uncle Rico where you're sitting in your van in a field. And you say, you know, if they would have just given it to me, I could have thrown it over those mountains there. And he took the loss. And that was his senior year. And then he said to me, I want to go to college for football. And I said, oh, you know, maybe Texas A&M. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. And I want to play in the NFL. Okay. All right. Now, all I'm hearing in my head is my father, as I said to him, I want to be a big broadcaster someday. I'm 13 years old. And he's like, oh, Okay, all right. And I want to be I want to be on the radio. I'm going to I'm going to apply for a job to be on the radio. Oh, okay, all right. And what did my dad say? Well, do you need a ride? Yeah, dad, cuz I can't drive. And he drove me to the appointments and he took me and I looking back now, no he had to have thought, "Oh my gosh, what is this kid doing?" This is not going to, this is going to leave a mark. This isn't going to work out. But he took me. And he would eventually, before I was 15, I lived about 90 miles uh, north of Seattle. And I got a job at 15 years old uh, in Seattle at KUBE. And it was the number one station in Seattle. And my dad would drive me every time, 90 minutes, wait for the broadcast to be over and then drive me back. So what am I going to say? You'll never make it, son. You'll never make it. So let me just tell you, long story short, what's happening. Uh, after the, the really amazing summit that we had on Friday, which we're going to get into in here a second, I took my son to a university uh, where he had been talking to a coach, friend of a friend of a friend, just talking to this coach. And uh, he'd been talking to him on the phone for like a couple of weeks, he and the other coaches. And uh, he said, Dad, they want to meet me. And uh, they're thinking about uh, making me a, a, a coach for um, – I guess the offensive coordinator, I'd be his, you know, number two guy. And I, and I said, Oh, uh, 
huh, that's, uh, did you tell them that you hadn't really known anything about football two years ago? And he said, oh, are you kidding me? Are you think I'm stupid? Of course I did. And I said, like, really told them that when you did watch the Super Bowl, we were really watching it for the commercials. And he laughed and he said, that's exactly what I told them, Dad. And I said, okay. So I took my son to the summit, and then we flew to this university on Saturday. And I watched my son become a man. And I watched him in the film room as they were putting X and O's and drawing. I'm thinking, you guys really need an art school here because those X's and O's, they could be, you could really draw the players so much better than that, but... He's drawing the X, they're drawing the X's and O's, and my son is like, ooh, that's sneaky. Because you want, what you're trying to get defense to think is this, this, and this. And he's talking about, and keeping up with him, and I just couldn't believe him. I couldn't, just couldn't believe it, and I, I thought of my dad. How great it is to have been raised by a man who said you can do whatever you set your mind to. Of course, those in the days before Simon Cowell, but you can do whatever you set your mind to. So, my son, is uh, <clears throat> leaving the ranch and uh, flying back home today and packing his stuff up. And we'll be hitting the road to be coached back. You have been there. Many have been here when you heard that Tanya and I were trying to have a baby, and I probably shared too much about how that can just become icky after a while. How we prayed and prayed and prayed, and then how Rafe came to us. You've heard the probably more of the struggles than the good things, especially in the last couple of years. I thought it was only right today to tell you if you're still in those struggle parts or if you're still struggling to have a baby. There is nothing you will do in your life that is worth more than raising a child. There is nothing harder, there is nothing more heartbreaking, and there is nothing more glorious. I thought you should know that that little baby we adopted 
today has become a man. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. So I, uh, I, I got to tell you, the press is so out of touch. This is from the New York Times. Tucker Carlson turns a Christian presidential forum into a Putin showcase. Jesus is out. Vladimir Putin is in. Did you hear that from any candidate or anything like that from anyone on stage at the uh, at the summit Friday, Stu? Anyone? Of course not. No, I did not hear that. Right. Right. In fact, everybody led with who was anti-war. I don't like Putin. Putin's not a good guy, but I don't think, you know, the Iranian Ukrainian president is really a good guy either. And I went as far as saying, and I don't think at this time we're on the right side. We're the good guys. So I don't want to send my kids to a war where I can't identify the good guy. No. But they uh, they made it sound like it was nothing but a uh, rah-rah for President Putin, which it, it wasn't. Um, I'm going to get into some of those things here in a second. But I, I really wanted to spend some time on Tucker Carlson because we spent a couple of days uh, with Tucker Carlson. And there is something happening, and this should give you great, great, great hope. He said a few years ago, I'm uh, sorry, a few months ago, he's Episcopalian, and he was so funny when he was telling it. He's like, you know, I didn't even know there was a Bible. I'm an Episcopalian. I mean, we don't use we don't use that. Whatever. And uh, he said, so I started reading it. He said, I, I I just had the feeling a few months ago that I should start reading it. He said, so I finished the New Testament, and he said, that's amazing. The way he was telling it is so funny. When you, somebody who has actually, actually read it and is interested in reading it, all of the things that they find that they discover, he's like, this is the greatest. It's such a great story. Why, why are we hiding this? Um, and then he started on the old Testament and he is in Leviticus now, which is also fun, but he's actually enjoying it in talking to him over a few days. I just want you to know God is using him. There is something different about Tucker Carlson. Uh, and it, you know, we were not the best of friends 10 years ago. Uh, we didn't really know each other. Um, we respected each other for what we had done, but we disagreed on a lot of stuff. And vehemently, 10 years ago, on a lot of stuff. That has changed. Uh, and, I, and I think it became because I started really watching him then in Fox News. He started really listening to me. And we heard the, the core principles behind what we believe. And God is using him. He has moved on him greatly. Please add Tucker to your prayers. Uh, something really good is going to come of, uh, of what Tucker is doing, I think. Um, he gets it unlike, let's say I, I, met, uh, I met with four people in the last uh, three weeks. And I've met probably 15,000 people. And I've met with four that I think absolutely 100% get it. They know it 
from all of its angles. Tucker is one of them. Uh, he was very, very clear on things when he was asking, I think it was Nikki Haley. He said, Hey, did we blow up the Nord stream? That's something that I would ask, but I wondered as he asked it, if I were Nikki Haley, if I were, if I would answer that as a presidential candidate, just because of the ramifications of that as a presidential candidate. So I asked Tucker on this, here's what he said in our one-on-one interview, cut one. You said something that I absolutely believe, um, and it is crazy to say it now. I think we absolutely blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Well, of course we did. Yeah, absolutely did. Well, yeah, and, but, and I think it's a big deal. I mean, on many levels, it was an environmental catastrophe. I mean, like a profound environmental catastrophe. It's also an act of vandalism, which I'm against. You should build things, not destroy them. Yeah. It was also an attack on infrastructure, and more than anything, it was an attack on our closest NATO ally, Germany, which used that pipeline to fund its entire manufacturing center. We just attacked our ally. I know. This is insane behavior. And I don't know why no one's been held accountable. Yes, we did it, whether it was through Poland so, or Norway. A NATO nation did it with our assistance and approval. And like everyone knows it, and everyone's afraid to say so. Why? I don't know why. Can you say that? Well, I just did. Well, no, but I mean, I mean I'm unemployed. If I can you're, say whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a, I mean, what are the ramifications of, I mean, thank God that, that uh, Russia has not retaliated. This is the biggest, this is the worst act of war I, I have ever seen us make, right? So, and it's crazy. It's the kind of like late stage hubris on display with people. It's all of it. It really is. Like, I'm God. I can do whatever I want. There are no consequences. All the of rules it. don't apply to me. And when you adopt that attitude, when there's no humility at all or long term thinking, this is, you know, people who don't have like a stake in the future, like 80 year old presidents. <laughs> they just don't care. And yeah. when they start to behave like that, you can actually wreck the whole thing. You can take yeah. a country down doing stuff like that, in my opinion. Uh, I talked to him about the media, you know, completely determined to suppress the truth. Listen. And I really thought, Tucker, and I don't know if you were, if there was a turning point with you. There was with me when I realized, oh my gosh, none of these people in the media actually care or are intellectually curious at all. They're just typing away, doing their thing, reading a prompter. Nobody is actually, because I, I really thought if I could make the case, which you did every night, you were making a great solid case. And if you are intellectually curious and you disagree, you go, well, that can't be right. Let me look it up. Let's do some investigative work well, sure. on what he just said. They don't do that. And that shocked me, shocked me. But then you have to wonder why. So it's like no one in Washington or in the media is ever triggered, is ever outraged by a lie. So I can come out here and tell the most preposterous lies, say the most lunatic things. You know, climate, you're driving a suburban is causing more hurricanes in Florida. <laughs> well, they say that every, every, right, every fall. Right. And that, it's like insane. There's like there's no evidence that that's true. There's a ton that's evidence that's not true. Nobody cares. But when you say something true. Yeah. That's that's actually true. Right. true. People become hysterical and call for your murder and certainly call for your deplatforming. So then well, what conclusion do you reach? The media are completely determined to suppress the truth. 
the true things that matter. That's kind of why they exist. They are the gatekeepers that prevent people from saying out loud the truest things. Cut three. Here's Tucker on what he saw at the summit and the candidates that I found surprising. When you got up this morning, did you imagine that you would see not one, but two presidential candidates light themselves on fire in front of you? When I get up this morning, as every morning when I wake up, I don't imagine anything. Right. <laughs> I haven't had a drink in 21 years, and every single morning I wake up hungover. I feel like I've had a cortistole and a six-pack of some rotten beer. I just feel horrible in the morning. <laughs> every morning. And so I put my pants on, I shuffle downstairs, I got coffee, and uh, So I didn't think about it at all until I was seated across from... Asa Scott, who was the first, and I really like, I mean, I like them all. Like, politicians are super charming. Like, they're, they like, they're good with people. That's why they're in this business. So, I like all of them. Uh, but, no, I, I, I do think that Republican voters or the system controlled by the Republican Party doesn't ask a lot of a lot of its candidates. It's, like, enough to say certain, to repeat certain bumper stickers from the 80s. Peace through strength, lower taxes, whatever. Right. I'm, all, I'm for all that, by the way. But they don't, like, no one ever gets pushed very hard. Right. And so it doesn't take much. I was certainly not acting out of hostility, but if you're just like, well, what do you mean? Uh. <laughs> 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 and then people like, oh, you're so mean. Really? You're trying to run my country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I live here. I, I, I have really... four children. I can't go anywhere. Like, what do you mean? You're trying to run the country and you're mad that I'm like trying to get you to be more precise about your answers that you should have memorized already right. because you're presuming to represent me? Last cut. This is uh, Tucker in my uh, special on Blaze TV. You can watch it. It's uh, about, I think it's just over an hour. Tucker and I just having a one-on-one. Uh he went on to talk about Mike Pence, what he was most surprised about with Mike Pence. Listen to this. The Mike Pence religious freedom stuff, I, I have to say, you know, spun me up. It did. It did. I, you can't, can't be like, well, I'm for religious freedom, except for like priests who say things the government disagrees with. They can be arrested. Huh? <laughs> you know, and it'd be fine if it, if it was almost any. And I'm, I'm holding him to an unfair standard. But if you hold yourself up as a Christian leader who's in favor of religious freedom, well, then no. you kind of have to defend religious freedom, whether it's popular or it's not. It's not. No freedom. Nobody, nobody has to defend my right to say, chocolate's delicious. Yeah. Okay? It, if it's exactly. popular, you have to, and I don't think even our side understands that. I stand, I, I was, uh, when Bill Maher said, you know, I think the, uh, the Saudi or the, the hijackers yes. were brave, right. braver yeah. than our fire, fire, fire pilots. I disagreed with that 100%. Me too. But when ABC fired him, I stood up for him and said, Did what part know? of politically incorrect don't you understand? Make sure you go to Blaze Media summit.com blazemediasummit.com you can see the whole uh, summit it is so well worth it when you're watch if you're if you're looking for the right candidate i think this is the best format i've ever seen uh and i've i've heard that everywhere including social media um and in person everybody was like i've been to these things before 
I mean, I, I, be honest with you. Ricky said, would you please not be a grump? She's my executive television pro- producer. She said, would you please not be a total grump, uh, you know, uh, when you get on the air? And I'm like, no, I, I just want you to know I don't want to be here. This is the last place anyone should want to be on a Friday, spending all day with a bunch of politicians listening to them campaign. But I'm a professional. But I actually, by the end of the day, had really enjoyed it because I learned so much. Make sure you go to blazemediasummit.com and watch it. And Blaze TV also has the Tucker Carlson interview with me. You can join now. Just use the promo code SUMMIT and get $30 off. Summit uh, or will not be silenced as well. You get $30 off. Try them both. Maybe get $60 off. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Sorry for this personal note, but we could not have done the Blaze Summit without Nelco Media. They are a valued partner at, uh, at Blaze Media, and uh, they helped with the Iowa Summit. I mean, they did something, honestly. We said to them, we're one mixing board short. Uh, could, could, we, could, we, could, could we borrow one? They were like, it's already in the truck ready to go. Take it. I mean, they they were really amazing, and we couldn't have done it without them. So thank you, Nelco Media. Um, Stu, we were we're talking about the politics of what happened on Friday at the uh, Blaze uh, Media Summit. Uh, And uh, it it is something that has happened in Iowa all the time. The Family Leadership Council puts this on, but it's usually not covered by the mainstream media like we covered it. And it became the, you know, I believe it was the number one trend on uh, Friday. And I'm still seeing newspaper reports and everything else about it uh, today. But we haven't even had a chance to talk. We left, uh, went our separate ways shortly after the, uh, uh, the summit and really having a chance to uh, decompress from it. Can we go through all of the candidates that were there and... I'd like to hear your opinion on did they help or hurt themselves and what was the most important thing we learned? Sure. Um, we started with Asa Hutchinson. Uh, I think we can. No, 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 no. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start with Tim Scott. He was the first one. That's right. Oh, yeah. Tim Scott was first. That's right. Tim Scott was first. Yes. And Scott is is an interesting candidate. I, I generally like Tim Scott. I, I think he's Me too. Uh, he's with 100 percent certainty the best senator from South Carolina that we have. Uh, by a very, very large margin. <laughs> large margin. Very, it's almost yeah. like mm-hmm. it's almost like Biden is in the other seat. I can't remember who is, but mm-hmm. anyway, go somebody ahead. else. Uh, you know, he was he. You know, he came in. He has a more hawkish view on Ukraine, which he was pressed on uh, significantly by yep. Tucker during the interview. Um, you know, didn't like it. The one, the one thing you'd say about uh, Tim Scott is that he he has a he sort of has a sort of a quirky energy to him. Like he, I think some people really like it. It shows a lot of optimism. Yeah. Um, he has that sort of uh, that that um, I don't know that that vibe, right? Like he's out. He's 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 not flustered by stuff. He doesn't. He, he defended no. himself and, and defended his viewpoints. It was he had a little bit of a stylistic uh, thing where he was starting the interview with tucker he'd get the question and then he'd sort of just stand up and address the crowd and walk around which i thought yeah. was uh, you know a, a little odd it didn't f- you know he was the first one to go nothing you know he so it was a little bit strange generally speaking i don't think he helped or hurt himself i thought he did basically what i what i thought he would do uh, he, he wasn't a standout performer but i don't think he didn't blow himself up like some of the other candidates on stage by any means i thought he was fine so- but didn't improve his standing all that much 
So I thought he helped himself only because he improved his stature of being there among the other presidential candidates um, and reminding them on what there's what his strong point points are. And his strong points are uh, belief in tomorrow. Uh, and he has evidence to back that up and um, a strong defender of America in a very positive sort of way. But he's not revolutionary enough for the times. And he's also um, uh, I don't think he's he's ready to be president uh, yet. But I, I I think he helped himself a little bit. Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson, suboptimal was the word I used to describe uh, the Asa Hutchinson performance. Did that go um, far enough? To, <laughs> that really... It may be a little understated. Uh, that was, it, look, Asa Hutchinson was already really out of step with the Republican voters. He has at zero or one percent in almost every poll. So I think you can defend his appearance there, right? Like I, there are other people who, you know, like. Will Hurd didn't show up. I don't know if he was invited, but like he's in the race. He's at zero percent. Why wouldn't you go there and try to do something and move the needle? You know, if you're, I don't know, Doug Burgum or there's a bunch of these guys that are in the race that didn't show or I don't know, maybe they weren't invited, um, but are really at the bottom of the scale and didn't wind up doing this. Asa Hutchinson showed up. He made his case. His case is just one that the Republican voters don't like. They they really do think right. that the transgendering of, of children and, and irreversible surgeries and all that stuff is a problem. You know, Asa was like, it didn't seem to think it was a problem. He's very out of step. Uh, and I think when people really realized that and saw it uh, in front of them, it was, as you pointed out, a very Hindenburg-like event. <laughs> where yeah uh, i was just gonna say let me let me let me describe it by playing cut 17 uh this is asa hutchinson listen it bursts in the flesh get it started get it started it's right and it's rising it's rising terrible oh my get out of the way please it's burning bursting in the flames and, and it's falling on the morning fast and all the folks between us this is terrible this is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world oh it's it was bad now uh luckily nobody was hurt except those who were trying to finance uh his campaign uh they're in serious condition today uh then we go to mike pence and mike pence should have done very well the this is a group of religious people um and it's it's you know it's it's a religious group holding their conference we want to hear from you this is mike pence's this is his uh these are his people yeah and of course he definitely should have been there this these are his people and you know he, there was a, a back and forth about religious freedom with Tucker Carlson in which Tucker Carlson was talking about some persecuted people, uh, religious people in uh, in Ukraine that have been allegedly persecuted by uh, the government of Ukraine. Um, the disagreement there was stark because Tucker kept coming after him on this. And Pence basically said he talked to people or he said he talked to a person on the ground in Ukraine who said it wasn't happening. So he wasn't basically concerned about it. Um, you know, there has been reporting on this, you know, of course, a war zone. It's always hard to know exactly what's going on, but that was uncomfortable. And then it went to the actual Ukraine war where Pence is pretty hawkish. Um, and 
That part of it, most of it I thought was interesting because Pence didn't back down. They sort of had a disagreement. He didn't try to uh, worm his way out of it. He stood up and basically said, yeah, I'm a real hawk on Ukraine. We're, this is very much in our interest. We should be spending this money. We should do, be doing more. And it felt like it felt like something that may have happened 10 years ago in a Republican uh, debate um, where Tucker was pushing him from the other side. They went back and forth. At one point, he had a real gaffe, which Tucker was talking about, you know, hey, American cities are aflames here in flames here. And you're worried about Ukraine. Why? And uh, he said, that's not my concern. We played the clip earlier. It, yeah, he cut kinda, seven. Yeah, cut 17, mm-hmm, please. Mm-hmm. Cut 17. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut 17, please. It's oh, it's there's... Right, and it's rising. Oh. It's rising terrible. Oh, oh my. Get out of the way. Okay, please. stop. Because he so responded I... to that question as, that's not my concern. Oh. And yeah, it not, sounded not like good. he wasn't not concerned good. for American cities. If you listen to the context of his answer, it's quite clear that's yes. not exactly what he meant. But, I mean, it's like Kamala Harris saying the population thing. You, you can't make mistakes like that. Uh, so that was, yeah, it, no, it was a catastrophe good. for Pence, I thought. Okay, so Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is about what I expected. I thought she was kind of neutral. The problem with Nikki Haley is she sounds like the candidate that would have been great in 2012. She was, uh, and she didn't, to be fair, she didn't get a chance to talk about foreign policy, which is the one thing I would have wanted her to talk about. Um, but uh, she, she talked about, um, you know, Pretty much everything else, I thought, except for that, which I thought was an odd choice, but uh, for uh, for Tucker. But um, she just sounded um, out of touch with what we're truly facing today. Uh, Do you think that's too harsh? It wasn't the sense I got. Now, to be fair, she had we had just seen Mike Pence, Asa Hutchinson and Tim Scott. And Tim, as we said, Tim Scott, I thought was okay. Uh, you know. But then we had two sort of catastrophes in a row with Asa Hutchinson and Pence. Yeah. So then it came out to Haley. I thought certainly, uh, maybe it was a low hurdle to clear at the time, but I thought she did pretty well, actually. And I do think a big part of that was Tucker's choice in not really questioning her on on Ukraine. Now, again, she mm-hmm. has a pretty standard uh, 2012 view of that of that view Correct. situation. She's relatively hawkish. Correct. But she, they didn't get into that topic at all. And they didn't get into the topic about the Disney situation where she was talking about, hey, I want to invite Correct. Uh, Disney to South Carolina. Those are the two things I thought she was sort of vulnerable on. Because they didn't go in that in those directions, I thought she handled herself really well, actually. I, I thought she helped herself, uh, generally speaking. Um, it wasn't a breakout performance, but I thought it was a helpful no. performance for her candidacy. Yeah, you might you might say that it's uh, the only reason why I said it was neutral is because that's what I expected her to do. She's a good candidate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Tim Scott is, too. They're both good candidates. Yeah. Um, And I thought they were I grouped them together. I thought they were right around the same area. Maybe Haley a little bit better. You thought maybe Scott was a little bit better, but I thought they were right around the same area there. So Vivek was the first time that I saw a and maybe not this time, but. Maybe next time, uh, a future president of the United States. And maybe this time. I mean, he's growing 
rapidly uh, in stature. Uh, you know, I would expect somebody like Vivek generally to do, you know, one percent the first time he's out. He's not. He's doing fairly well in the polling. In some polls, one poll has him up to 10 percent. Um, let's see how those hold and let's see what really happens. Um, but he was young, energetic, really buttoned up on all of the issues. Um, very, very clean uh, far as his messages. There wasn't a lot of political speak and gobbledygook. I, I thought he just delivered it. He's good at this. Glad he's good at this. He's he's yeah. he's good at doing this. He and if you don't what you didn't see on stage or in the interview that Glenn did with Vivek right after uh, his uh, his performance uh, in the uh, Tucker interview, he's also backstage working the crowd. He knows how to do this. He's good at it. He was a good communicator before he started running for president, and he's he's fit into this role really well. I think for a lot of people who probably had never seen him. Uh, before or didn't know anything about him if that was your first experience with him you were probably pretty impressed like the guy at, speak take out his policies which some of which you might like some of which you don't we're just talking about performance here and i think quite clearly he had one of the best performances of the weekend he's the type of person oh, yeah. that is i think is breaking out as a candidate he's having a moment yep. and we all knew it wasn't going to be a two-person race we all knew at some point someone in that other group was going to have a moment and it seems like this is the beginning of vivek's now you know, today is a great day to get a warranty. Actually, any day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. That's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. All the unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or faulty water heater, they're not going to break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are all taken care of. Having reassurance is something to celebrate. Choose the plan that works for you and your budget. When a covered item in your home breaks, all you do is contact American Home Shield. Their trusted, qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Be warranty. Go to ahs.com slash Beck and save 20%. That's ahs.com slash Beck and get 20% off any plan. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Uh -huh.